There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's sail through the lyrics of Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. An essential part of his 1970 album, Moondance, the song is listed on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. In the magazine, Morrison responds to questions about what the song means. He says, A lot of times I have no idea what I mean. That's what I like about rock and roll. The concept. It's a cryptic statement, very typical of Van Morrison, who famously has a hard time with interviews and has been called everything from brilliant and loving to arrogant and distant. But the song is a concept a magical plane, and it represents the writer at his best. George Ivan Morrison, Van the Man, was born on August 31, 1945, in Belfast, Northern Ireland. An only child, his father was a shipyard electrician and the owner of a huge record collection of American blues records by the likes of Lead Belly, Ray Charles, and Solomon Burke, as well as R&B, jazz, and gospel music. Morrison credits this early exposure to American music as having inspired him to shape his own unique brand of Irish soul. He was not a social butterfly even as a child and would get tired of games with other kids, preferring to play music alone. His first instrument was guitar, which he started playing at around age 11, then the saxophone, which he fell in love with, but he also learned to play the harp and drums and bass and by his late teens, he was touring around Europe. He quickly went on to join the band Them as their singer, in which he would often improv lyrics. They had a hit with his song Gloria, which has since been covered by everyone from Patti Smith to David Bowie to The Doors and then some. But Them was a short-lived group, breaking up toward the end of 1967 as Morrison began to focus on his solo work. He released his first solo album on the Bang Records label in 1967, after signing a bad record deal that put him in contract dispute for the better part of that year. The widow of Bang Records executive Burt Burns made the wild claim that Burns' untimely death of a heart condition was due to arguments with Morrison. In the wake of all this drama, he wrote his next highly acclaimed album, Astral Weeks a jazzy, poetic collection of music which the music critic legend Lester Bangs said boiled down to one moment's knowledge of the miracle of life, of the capacity to hurt and to be hurt. The album, which has since become a classic, sold little at the time of its release, and so Morrison set out to write his third solo album, Moondance. To do this, he moved to upstate New York in the Catskills near Woodstock in 1969, and he crafted the songs differently than he had on Astral Weeks, 
less jazz improv, more melody and rhythm. He's said of the shift that you have to live, and to a musician, that means creating work that people will buy to hear and pay to see. It was also around this time, after handpicking the musicians that would accompany him on the Moondance recordings from the Woodstock musical community, that he began to take a more active role in how his songs were produced and engineered. He became a dominant force in the studio, not settling for anything less than achieving his own vision for the songs. There's a story about Van Morrison involving something called an angelic knot. At some point in the 1980s, a German Rosicrucian, a member of an ancient order of mystics who study esoteric laws they believe govern the universe, met with Morrison's band at the time, and he told them that there was a karmic knot in Morrison's throat that caught energy from a past life, causing him to have mood swings, among other things. Now, whether or not Van Morrison has a celestial knot in his throat or not, it is interesting to think of him and this song with that image in your mind. Like, for a moment in 1969, when he was creating Into the Mystic, that knot loosened up a little bit. Because the song is a concept of a man on a sea voyage, like an Alfred Lord Tennyson poem. It's also a love song, both gentle and explicit in its suggestion. And there's a stillness to the concept of Into the Mystic that resonates, even when Morrison howls some of the lines. For many listeners, it's the perfect drinking song, written by an Irishman who once had a problem with the bottle. On the other hand, it's a song that surgeons often say they play going into the operating theater for its calming effect, according to a BBC study. And in some ways, the song is a prayer. Magical forces at work, both outward and inward, on Van the Man, and through him, on us. Into the Mystic starts like this, like something out of an ancient pagan text. We were born before the wind, also younger than the sun. Ere the bonnie boat was won, as we sailed into the mystic. Hark now hear the sailors cry, smell the sea and feel the sky. Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. Now, this section of the song, especially the line, Ere the bonnie boat was one, is really interesting. The word ere means before. So he's saying, before the lovely boat was one. One, like sailors won this boat. Who wins a boat? Pirates. So if you read it like that, our narrator could be a pirate, sailing on a stolen ship, as free as the air around him and his fellow sailors. Now, add to this the fact that Morrison himself couldn't decide which lyrics to send to his record label when he finished the song. Whether to say one, meaning one, like won a contest or prize, or one, meaning a singular thing. So in that light, ere the bonnie boat was one, could be interpreted to say, before there was such a thing as a boat, we were here, born before the wind. Born with the wind propelling us as spirits, not of the flesh. And the song continues. And when that foghorn blows, I will be coming home. 
When the foghorn blows, I want to hear it. I don't have to fear it. And I want to rock your gypsy soul. Just like way back in the days of old. Then magnificently we will float into the mystic. And there's the part we've all sung along to at the top of our lungs. Whether along to the radio or at one of his concerts. Hopefully one of his transcendent ones, as they often can be. In the quiet of this song, the horn section buffering against the guitars in a way that isn't unlike waves gently breaking against a shore, all of a sudden, Morrison raises up and sings, I want to rock your gypsy soul. Now, in the context of the song, this is plain speak. One lover anticipating reuniting with another. And with this one line, Morrison turns a heady, abstract set of lyrics into a love song. It continues. When that foghorn blows, you know I will be coming home. When that foghorn whistle blows, I got to hear it. I don't have to fear it. And I want to rock your gypsy soul, just like way back in the days of old. And together we will float into the mystic. And the song ends with the line, too late to stop now. And that's an important line. It's one that Morrison often ends his concerts with, and it's the name of his incredible double live album, which was released later in 1974. Too late to stop now is a recurring theme for Morrison, a phrase which has come to be as symbolic as anything else of this artist's nature. In the context of the song, the culmination of this journey to join a loved one, and the driving force that pushes us into the unknown, into the mystic, unstoppable. When the Moondance album was released in 1970, it was an immediate success, and Into the Mystic became a radio staple. It ushered in the singer-songwriter movement that followed, making way for artists like James Taylor to be taken seriously, and influencing countless blue-eyed soul singers to this day. Van Morrison was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993 by his friend Robbie Robertson of the band. Morrison didn't show up to the awards, so the then-unknown Counting Crows performed his song Caravan in tribute to him in his absence. When he was inducted into the Irish Music Hall of Fame, Bob Geldof presented him with the award. And when he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, he was inducted by his hero, Ray Charles. Grammys, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and his tours are still legendary, with Morrison likely not to say anything at all to address the audience, and just let the music do the talking. I mean, after all, it's too late to stop now. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jandalane Radio and on Twitter at Jandalane. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes on songs from the band, David Bowie and Queen, and more classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.